What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 165 of the Game Explain Real Talk podcast. As always, I'm your host, Derek Pittner, and this time I'm joined by Ash Polson and John Cartwright. And yeah, guys, how you been? Doing all right. right. Hanging in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, work has really ramped up for me a lot, so I've been super busy. Uh, but it's ramped up in a good way. You know, it's always better to be too busy than not busy enough. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, work has really ramped up for me, uh, although... In between every single moment I can get, I have been playing Ukulele in the Impossible Lair. Because, oh, holy man. crap, that game, you guys. I, I just, it's one of those games that when I'm not playing it, I'm thinking about it. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't want it to end. It is, it is Donkey Kong Country 4 for Super Nintendo. Except for Switch with and other modern consoles with amazing visuals and stuff. <laughs> it is literally DKC4, you guys. Yeah. It feels like whenever you pop into the Discord, in, in the Game Explained Discord, you're always, um, like, raving about a track in this it's game. Cr- it's crazy. I didn't think I'd ever feel this way about a ukulele sequel, you know, because, you know, ukulele, the original was okay, it was fine, but it wasn't great or necessarily that memorable. So when they announced the sequel, I'm like, well, we'll see if they can actually pull this off. They didn't pull it off. They knocked it out of the damn park. This is like a different studio creating this game. Yeah. And it was like, it was super low key, the announcement too. It's just like, oh, we're doing a sequel to ukulele. And it's it's kind of a, like a lower budget recycled asset kind of game. But they made something far more interesting with like the basis of ukulele. I've not played it as extensively as you have, but it, um, the little I have played just feels so jolly. It's a really well-constructed platformer, and uh, it makes sense. You know, th- these are ex-Rare developers. Giving them, giving them a chance to basically do another stab at DKC makes so right. much sense. And I think and like, a lot yeah. of the staff on this game were involved with the original DKC trilogy as well. I believe so as well, and you can definitely tell. Hell, there's even a, a stage late in the game that I, I uh, posted about in the Discord recently that a part of that stage literally recreates Bramble Blast, or at least a part of Bramble Blast from DKC2. And it's, there's so many loving homages to the DKC games in this in, in Impossible Air, and I can't, I really can't praise it enough. And I'm just going to say it, soundtrack of the year. I don't care that the oh, year wow. isn't over. No, it's crazy. Like, David Wise, we got David Wise, Grant Kirkhope, and then they've uh, got junior Platonic composers working with them, Dan Murdoch and Matt Griffin. And you guys, this is the soundtrack of the year. It is, it's it's stupid. It's it's so good. It's done. <laughs> it really is that good, and I can't praise this game enough. So, wow. if you're listening, go play it, and you haven't. If you like 2D platformers, of course. I've, Very I've high only had praise. Chance, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've only had the it chance is, to play really the good. first level of the game. Uh, uh this week is past weekend, so I haven't gotten too far in it. But even that first level uh, was really entertaining. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been playing something on a similar track um, to do with Rare, and it's not really Rare. It's basically I've been playing as Banjo a lot in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> nice. I feel like I played as him quite a bit when he came out, but I've gotten into like more of a groove. Where I play Smash in my in my sort of like downtime. So I've just been diving into Banjo a lot more, and he is so much fun to play as. I I found at first his his sort of gimmick wasn't really much of a gimmick. Like he has um like a limited amount of of um of the feathers. Wonder Wings. Oh, the Wonder Wings. Of course, that's the name. Yeah. Um, and that at first that felt a little bit weak compared to like Joker's Arsene and Hero's um, List of Magic, but it actually does change the dynamic a lot. Like when when Banjo doesn't have that ability, all of a sudden he's far more defensive and less aggressive. And it really does change how battles play out. And I find whenever you lose a stock and come back down with like a replenished amount of them, um, your opponent is like all of a sudden really scared of you. So I, I find that really wo- that works really well. And Banjo is just a blast to play as. I still can't believe he's in the he's like in this game. Yeah, 
I yeah, am, I mean, it is, yeah, it's, go ahead, Derek. I was just going to say, I haven't really, I don't really go back to Smash a lot. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. I'm so busy with other things that I don't really get the chance to really sit down and play. But, you know, just on first impressions, he feels fine. <laughs> but I also oh, don't really well, get that in depth with a lot of characters. Right. No, I mean, I'm, I'm like John. I go back, I play Smash in a lot of my downtime, and I just stick with it because I just, I love Smash, of course. Now, John, before I comment on, on uh, this character, you are, you have been stopping all over one of my pet peeves. Do you know what that is? What's that? Before I, you're, you're calling, you're not giving any credit oh, to Kazooie. Banjo and, and they Kazooie. Are, they, man, they <laughs> are a fun character to use. That Wonder Wing uh, that you speak so wonderfully about. It's Kazooie's move. Thank, sure. thank you. So, no, I'm kidding, obviously. But, but uh, no, I, I'm having a great time with Banjo-Kazooie. And uh, it, 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 the Wonder Wing adds an interesting dynamic in that you have to all, if you're playing against them, you have to always be on your toes because, mm-hmm. you know, it comes out fast. And, and the most powerful part of that move is the beginning of it. And, you know, they can just whip it out so fast that you have to be on your, on your toes. And it's also a good recovery move. And so you have to worry about them using it as a recovery, too. They, they really do add an interesting dynamic to any match they're in. Plus, they get a third jump, which is not mm. something that any other DLC character has had yet. Right. So that's pretty cool. And the yeah. Wandering as well is also really good against power characters. Like, if King K. Rool is just charging or, like, throwing his yeah. crown around, that'll go straight through that. Same with, like, um, charge shots from Samus. So uh, even if characters try their best to use these powerful moves on you, that can just go straight through them. And the the charge time is almost instantaneous, so like yeah, yeah they're they're a really interesting character I think, and I feel like um, people kind of um, sort of I guess went against Banjo because he doesn't have that that kind of gimmick like Joker and Hero uh, Hero do, but I think sure. he has a great dynamic to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and and they're they're a strong character in general, and I, I do wish some of the, some of their moves feel a little bit half half baked, like or at least not as strong as they maybe should be, like the up air and back air. Mm. I feel like they could be buffed just a little bit to be made a little better. They're still okay moves, but they're not they're not like, of course, their forward air right when Bandit just takes that huge swing and oh, it's right. so strong. Not that uh-huh. every one of their aerials has to be super strong, but I just feel like those two in particular could be a little better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, I hate their down air because it's one of those down air that spikes you to the ground. And yes, oh. technically you can meteor with it, but it's so hard to do because you're putting yourself at such risk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I have not been playing uh, Smash. <laughs> I've been playing, <laughs> I've been splitting my time between uh, two games. Uh, the first of which I've uh, is kind of already out there since I did the preview with Andre, but I've been playing uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 uh, when I get the chance. Basically, I'm going <clears throat> to be the one doing the guide work. Uh, so I've been just going through trying to find all the goodies and all that stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of floors in this game to go through. So, uh, it's, it's quite the task to just get it all compiled and all ready to go. So that's been taking up a fair amount of time. That's me, uh, just trying to hit the deadline before the game, you know, actually is released to have all this ready. So that's been a trial, but the game's still fun. The, uh, animations, oh my God, the animations are so good in this game. It is, it, they, they just oh, uh, yeah. really carry that Luigi personality, like next level, knows this character inside it out, oh, yeah. and it's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I got it. that sense. Oh, good. Oh, sorry, I've not played it as extensively as you have, but um, I went to a preview event the other week, and uh, I think I played with like an hour or so. And there's just those cutscenes at the beginning. They feel like the animation there feels like it belongs in a in a proper movie. It's just mm-hmm. so well done. Yeah. Uh, every minute detail is just, it's really well implemented. And um, 
Yeah. Even outside the animations, even the visuals look good. Like the lighting looks great. Um, the models look great. Uh, and the interactions are good too. Like it's great seeing Mario and Luigi interact right at the beginning, which is something we don't really see that often. Mm-mm. Not really. Not in the 3D yeah. games. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's great to see that sort of brotherly lo- brotherly love and them working together and all that. So I uh, definitely appreciate it. And there's so many subtle things, not even in, in the cutscenes. Like if you solve a puzzle, Luigi will look at the camera and tap his finger against his head. It's like, aha, I got it. <laughs> it's just uh-huh. little moments like that. Uh, that just yeah. really pushes the charm out here. Uh, I don't want to say anything about it as far as like uh, gameplay wise, as far as what I think there. I leave that for Andre and his review. But uh, and I'll you know I'll talk about it once the game's released. But uh, yeah, been playing that quite a bit and uh, enjoying my time there. Uh, otherwise, I uh, was introduced to Ring Fit Adventure over the weekend. <laughs> I <laughs> I went to. Um, uh, Amy's place, so we could get uh, some recording done for on her channel, and she had gotten uh, Ring Fit uh, as well because she was super excited about it. So that first, you know, first time I, I got back, th- first time I got down there, and she booted it up, and I was like, "All right, let's give this a try. Let's let's see what I think." And it actually, it's like, "Holy crap! This does." have me sweating like i don't believe it but yeah this really does feel like a much more of a workout than anything we fit ever did with the little time i've fooled around with yeah. that and uh basically ever since i've been doing doing it daily i'm up to world four now and have been doing about 15 to 20 minutes worth of actual exercise per session but by the end of it, I'm aching, I'm sweating, I'm definitely uh-huh. like just need to cool down and really take uh-huh. it all in. And I've been kind of chronicling my pro- progress on my Twitter, but it really just is amazing to me that I'm actually, one, want to work out, find time to do it each time thanks to this game. And just it's nice to be able to be active, especially since usually all I do is walks. I'll take a walk just to stretch and get out of the house and all that stuff. But it's a little hard to do when it gets cold. In the winter, right. so uh, Ring yeah. Fit offers a nice alternative to that, and uh, it's it really is just clicking with me. Yeah, it it is it, super it really, intense. Uh, I did come, a live oh, stream of it on the release day, and I thought going for an hour seemed like a, a a good amount to go for, but I was sweating within like ten minutes. It's so it pushes you so hard. <laughs> yeah, um, my, my first reaction after hour, playing it was like, how did John do this for an hour? <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> at the, I, I think actually I died um, right at the end of that live stream, which is something oh, I haven't nice. done since. But um, I think just because I was so tired at the end, I just couldn't keep going, and I ended up um, just messing up some moves. But um, I do appreciate that it lets you sort of decide your difficulty. Like if, if you don't want to go that hard, you don't have to. You can make it easier for yourself. Um, uh, you can, uh, the, the ring's always like uh, it's always sort of the same sensitivity to press press in and push out. But you can decide how much you want to push in and out. So there's right. some good accessibility cool. options in there. It, yeah. it comes at a really interesting time for me in particular because, like, my wife and I just redoubled, you know, kind of doubled down on our efforts to really get back into exercising every day and just to get back into shape. And, uh, you know, we started doing, like, 30 minutes of cardio or high-intensity interval training every day. And so we're really looking at ring fit. Of course, I don't have it because I didn't cover it. But... I really like. I watched Andre's review. He really liked it. I, you know, I want to play it, but then he did say one thing that kind of turned us off, which was that there are apparently a lot of menus to wade through that kind of get in the way of your exercise routine, and mm. that worries me. Only because you know, when I'm exercising, I don't want it to be about 
the video game I'm playing. I want it to be about the exercise I'm getting, and the game should, you know, support that, right? So I, how do you I guys feel about that? It, I, yeah, I feel okay. like it is, it is gamified. There's a lot of game elements in there, but there's also a lot of exercise. And I, I kind okay. of feel like the menus break it up in a good way almost. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. How, do, how okay. do you feel about that, Derek? Yeah, you I mean you talk about interval training and uh, whatnot. Where you, I, I think that's where you take breaks, right? Like you don't go mm. off. Well, but, off, but like, but fifteen or I don't know even that. It's like five seconds, five second breaks. Like you're not that's resting these, that much. I mean, that's what these menus kind of are. Like, yeah, they're longer really? than that, okay. but really, all the menus are is just like get in this position. You're in this position. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we can move on. Uh, and then, oh, okay. that's how it kind of breaks it up. And you know, once I think he you was have more it, talking about like NPCs, like when you're in towns and talking to NPCs. I mean, yeah, I mean that's when you, the game stuff. elements come in there, but it, so mm-hmm. it'll break up the workouts a bit. But again, okay. I, I think that's what I am, I'm enjoying about this. It feels like it's a weird thing to say, but it feels like a game first, exercise second, which is probably the best way to make it feel. Because I'm, I'm, t- yeah, I'm telling true. you right now, if it was more focused on exercise than the game, I would not be playing this. <laughs> I, nice. I mean, okay. that's, well, that's hey. what Wii Fit was, really. Yeah. Wii Fit didn't really have any yeah. game-like progression. And um, the, the, when it did focus more on being a game, you weren't really getting exercise. Like The, the soccer ball mm-hmm. um, headering thing, that's literally you leaning side to side. It, it's not really pushing you um, in terms of exercise. Yeah. So the, right. the, the more like intense ones, they weren't games. That's just like doing push-ups and doing like yoga. Uh, I feel like Ring Fit finds a much better balance in like being a game Oh, sorry, like having fun while making you exercise. Mm-hmm. That's you good because I mean, you know, to date, like the 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 best time of my life in terms of the, the time of my life when I was in the best shape was when I was like a pro DDR player, and you know, <laughs> uh-huh. of course, that combines gaming and exercise, in my opinion, literally perfectly. So if Ring Fit even gets half the way there that DDR does, then it does sound like something I need to be trying. Mm-hmm. What we need is an Ash Polson DDR stream. I'd watch the entire thing. <laughs> oh man! But the thing is, I'm I'm past my prime. I'm not in. Maybe okay. Maybe I get You're back in shape old. first, and then I play DDR. Although, again, I would have to stream from an arcade because I don't have a home pad anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'd have to go to an arcade and stream from there, which could be fun. That could That's be fun. The vibe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. But yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it. Uh, when I do my exercise later today, I'm probably going to try to raise up my difficulty a little bit because I've been sticking with 16 up to this point, and uh, that seemed like a pretty good one. But I'm like, okay, it's it's been a week. Let's try to uh, keep the pressure up. Even though, boy, did you have you gotten the plank move yet, John? I haven't actually. No, but I, I've heard that it's apparently like really hard to do. Oh, I mean, it planks is, are awful. It kills me. Like I tried it the first time last night. And it's just, you know, getting down in that position. I'm like, okay. And, like, it even says, like, you won't need to look at the TV for this. It's like, I'm good, good because I can't – I'm not, definitely not going to be able to see it from this position. And uh-huh. it's just, like, listening to the cues so you can raise up your butt and do the whole thing. And it just – by the end of it, I had to take a little break before I did, got to the, like, let's pick up the pace section. And by yeah. the time I was done, I was like, just – I was making sounds like I was close to dying. <laughs> I just had to take a little bit of time I, I, I to actually like, get um, back on my feet. The combat pushes you quite hard as well because yes. I th- usually when you're when you're doing squats, I think you go down like a, a normal rate, but if you want to do more damage, you've got to go lower, <laughs> and um, and it eventually asks you to go faster and um, just try and get more reps in each time. So it, it pushes you and rewards you in a game way by like making you deal more damage, which is quite That's clever. Cool. Yeah. 
It's, I might uh, have to. You guys are you guys are selling me on this. I might have to really check this out. I think and, you uh, enjoy more if you uh, make you it part of like our. It, it helped me out that I actually got to try out Amy's because uh, I don't know if I would have picked. Like I would have been interested, but I'm like ah, I don't know if I want mm-hmm. that and spend the money. But are you guys are you guys worried at all about the quest ending? Like what happens when you beat the game? Uh, I am I, a little bit, but they also then they say in the preview that it take like three months if you do like an hour a day. Yeah, it feels so. beefy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's I a lot like, of content. I feel like you'll get your money's worth either way, and there are like bonus exercises and mini games to do afterwards. And I suppose you could just re- like restart from the beginning once you're done. Yeah, just crank up the mm-hmm. intensity. Yeah. So. And true. I will say too, it's a beautiful game. It apparently runs on the Breath of the Wild engine, and I think you can tell. Like it, it mm-hmm. looks like Breath of the Wild, and sometimes it looks better than Breath of the Wild. Yeah, there's really? a lot of subtle touches wow. uh, there too. Where, like, you'll when you first start out your workout, your, your character looks fine, but like after a session or after one level, the next time you start up a, the, the next level, you're actually be, you can see sweat dripping off them, yeah, and running down their body. <laughs> That's really cool. I mean, I will say from the trailers I've seen, I was actually surprised and impressed by the visual presentation. It's very pleasant looking. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if the areas are extremely varied. It usually goes between inside, uh, like, training areas or running outside and having various things set up. But, you know, it does it enough that it's like I'm only playing it an hour at most a day. So, Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I also feel like Ash may appreciate the music, too. The uh, the Drago boss fights actually have pretty good backing tracks. Mm -hmm. Really? That main title theme is really good as well. Oh, yeah. I'm into that. So yeah, yeah. Nice. We'll I see. wonder who did the music. Probably. I mean, I'm sure it was one of Nintendo's in-house composers, but I'd be curious to know who. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. But you know uh, what? Speaking of of people being credited for things, I went through Little Town Heroes credits, and um, there's like a dozen Game Freak staff who worked on that game. So this this whole story of of Little Town Hero being their priority just doesn't have hold any weight. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, doesn't doesn't seem like it. I haven't touched it yet at all. I don't really plan to <laughs> after everything uh-huh. I've heard. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. Game Freak is cool. It's cool when they can branch out, but not a lot of their games I think are classics. Does any like I I picked up Tempo the Badass Elephant because I I was like that's like kind of a cool concept, <laughs> but I also kind of got done with it with after a half hour hour. Like, I, yeah. I felt like I'd seen all of its tricks. Like, the only uh, Game Freak game that seems has really stuck with people is um, uh, Drill Dozer. Right. I, I kind of mm-hmm. feel like maybe they, they sort of do these side projects to, like, re-energize themselves, perhaps, rather mm-hmm. than try to make a masterpiece. Because I, I guess it would be kind of draining to just work on Pokemon forever. Yeah. Like You've got to do something else to um, get you, like, your energy pumping. Mm-hmm. But you are right. They haven't really made, like, a great... A, like a properly great game outside of Pokemon. Yeah, not really. Yeah. So uh, I, I do have a question for you, uh, John. So uh, when mm. are you starting your rapping career? <laughs> oh well. <laughs> <laughs> for, so, for those who don't know, I did a little little um, rap video to promote <laughs> Derek's Metroid project. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, oh it's, it's it's amazing. <laughs> I gotta see that for sure. I was thinking of ways that I could help, like push it forwards, and I just thought, huh, I'll do a rap. <laughs> yeah, why not? That's amazing. naturally. That's the thing that matches best with Metroid. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, it was. It was. Um, 
No, I loved it. And I, I really have been just appreciating all the support for the Metroid project. And, um, you know, I, I got amazing feedback on the video itself. Like the, the views might have been a little low compared to what I was hoping for. But that's, you know, that's it's Metroid. It's never been like Nintendo's biggest seller. Uh, it's sure. one of those. It's more like a critical darling that, and those that really get into it are really into it. But it's not going to. You be can a- see that in the video. Like it didn't um, perform badly, but the actual engagement was really good, though. Like so many comments, lots of likes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the like the um, re- retention rate is a lot better than a lot of other videos. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean the the audience is there for it. Yeah, it's it's yeah really cool to see, and yeah. So uh, the thing is. It's also really expensive <laughs> to put together, yeah. <laughs> mainly because I got to pay my artist. Uh, because I am like, yeah. uh, I, there's, I believe I went through, I've gone through and like detailed all the art I want for the rest of my project based on my script, and that's 113 different pieces of art. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, if you've ever commissioned somebody, you know that can get kind of expensive. That also explains why the artwork is in black and white and. Maybe not fully mm-hmm. detailed. The fact that I got it this detailed from Dayumi is amazing. So, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm still getting a pretty good deal considering the amount of art uh, I'm asking of her. So, yeah, it's not going to me, and I'm just commissioning artwork at this point just so we can finally do the full project and uh, make, yeah. hopefully make it a reality. Uh, I'm giving it a month. So, basically, uh, the GoFundMe will be live until... Um, the 15th of November. That'll be four weeks of it being live just to see if there's enough interest there to see if it can reach where it needs to be. Um, and if it gets relatively close, I'd say within $500 or so, I feel like that's close enough. I can just put in the rest of my money and do 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 the job. But if it falls short uh, where I have to maybe raise $1,000 on my own, I don't know if I can afford that. <laughs> so it might, yeah. uh, I just have to refund everybody. Which you know, right? But I, I, I don't right. think it's going to happen. I mean, your your GoFundMe has been steadily gaining more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, and some comedy Johnny was kind enough to host um your your video, which basically well tells people about the entire thing, mm-hmm. and that gave it a, a really nice boost. Yeah, it did. So I'm super appreciative yeah, I mean, of that. We've, we've still got a while, so I think I think you can make it. Yeah, so. I think there's a chance. Yeah. Yep, we'll see. But you know, uh, one way or the other, I will. If it, if it if it fails, I will find some way to at least allow people to read the script and see if I can mm. do you know make it work that way. Mm-hmm. So, yep, we will, we shall see. But uh, you guys have been up to anything else? Like any movies? Because I certainly haven't seen a movie in a while. Uh, I saw Joker. Oh, how was that? Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's it's dark. It's um. It was really good, though. I, I, I don't want to. Di- it's hard to discuss this without you guys having seen it because the best moments are spoilers. But it it was really really fun, um, really really dark, and there were points where like the entire audience just had to look away from the screen because it does get intense at times. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, and it's I've it's heard. without a doubt like I, this isn't even it doesn't even come close. This is without a doubt the best DC movie. In a long, long time, nothing comes close to this. Really, even better than like Shazam, because I I did enjoy Shazam and Wonder Woman. Well, you know, I've not seen Shazam actually, so maybe I yeah, I don't know good. about that. But and, and Wonder and, Woman was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. It was it was good, but I think this yeah. is just another level above that, though. Cool, gotcha. Yeah, I, yeah. I just so, so wait, do, do you include 
Do you include the Nolan Batman trilogy in that statement, though? I, I think that's been a while ago now. What Wasn't um, The Dark Knight Rises, like... It was, like, 2012 or something? Maybe. I think no. Dark Knight, uh, just The Dark Knight was 2008, I want to say. Yeah, so, yeah, I think it's been a long time now. Right. <laughs> Let me fact check yeah. this. The Dark Knight Rises came out in 2000... Yeah, 2012, you're right. Okay, but, yeah, I thought so. But you know what? I, I feel like Dark Knight Rises was a little bit underwhelming compared to the oh, other two absolutely. movies. absolutely. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's fair. Dark Knight yeah, Rises was not good. <laughs> Ooh. I wouldn't go that far. No, yeah, I, I, I would go that far. Attitude. I don't like it. I, wow. I don't right. like wow. it at all. I think it fails on every all level. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, I don't feel as strongly as that, but I, I do feel like compared to the other two, it's just a different league. Mm-hmm. Well, and part of the problem, too, was... Dane, who would talk like this, and you couldn't understand <laughs> half of what he was saying. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I think the <laughs> biggest problem the the biggest problem is is that they had planned for Heath Ledger to return. Yeah, right. and that obviously couldn't happen. So, yeah, mm. it's it's just a shame. But uh, yeah, I don't. I heard decent things about the new uh, Terminator mo- Terminator movie. I heard it's the best sequels you know since two. Uh, not that that's saying much. Uh, it's I hard still, to say if that's not, saying much. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still yeah. not saying much, but I've heard the best I've heard is that it's decent. Mm-hmm. Which is still a step I, up from the usual. My my wife and I actually have been watching like uh, her favorite Halloween, or sorry, her favorite holiday of the year is Halloween. So she always wants to like double down on watching scary movies and scary things in October. So we've been watching a ton of horror short films on YouTube, mm-hmm. and that's been a lot of fun. Uh, if you ever just want like a quick dose of like really just something scary, just go look up horror shorts on YouTube because they're not like a huge time sink, right? They're like anywhere from three to twenty minutes, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are really good and they just creep you out. And but you don't have to like invest an hour and a half into a full movie. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So what do you mean by horror shorts? Like what sort of thing are you watching? Like short films, so like um, like usually independent stuff, like stuff made by either stu- like film students or just indie productions in general. And they just you ever heard? Of, I think the one that started like the big rush of, of these kinds of things was Lights Out. They came out like f- a few years ago. Do you guys remember that? Did I've you hear heard. About it? I remember that title, but I don't. I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a three minute creepy horror short film, and it was really effective. And it's three minutes of runtime. And it was just, it, it made a lot of waves because it was really good, but also just really short. And so I think a lot of other short films have followed that kind of pattern. And it's been a lot of fun. We can watch like four or five in an hour or so sometimes. And, you know, some of them suck for sure, but the ones that are good are really good. Yeah, uh-huh. that's cool. Yeah. But, uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and just jump into the news topics for this week. And right off the bat, we got some really good news, I, I think, uh, where <laughs> yeah. Sega announced that they are planning more short animations for future Sonic games. Because, boy, Sonic Mania Adventures and the Team Sonic Racing shorts were so good and fun. Really mm. captured the spirit of the, of the characters. And I hope whatever they do next for, this, for the games, these animations, you know, oh, it's great yeah. to hear these animations are coming back. Yeah. I feel like right. Team Sonic Racing wasn't quite on the same level as uh, Sonic Mania Adventures, but it was still fun to watch, though. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. You had some fun moments in there, like you know, Eggman's dance and you know, mm. other little moments here and there. But I, I also think the original, the material they're working from isn't quite as strong as Mania, so... Sure. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Probably right. has a bit of an effect. Well, 
I still say the best. I mean, the adventure or the uh, Sonic Mania Adventures shorts were great, but I still just go crazy for the Sonic Mania opening. Just the opening oh, man, animation. Yeah. Just it is such a perfect, just encapsulation of everything that is great about classic Sonic. And mm-hmm. what a and great when, opening! When and, you saw yeah. that, Ash, you weren't aware that it existed, right? I, th- I believe you've told me that you had the review copy, and um, it just showed up on the title screen. No, I think they before that they had announced that there that there was going to be an opening animation by Tyson Hesse and his team. So I think I mm-hmm. might have known about it, but I don't know All if right. I'd seen it. Okay. Well, no, I think I did because didn't they release the opening animation like three days before it launched? I think yeah, so. but when you've had the review copy before that, though. Yeah, you had the review copy. Oh, before that's that. true. I can't. Maybe maybe I didn't know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe I, it was a complete surprise to me. But either way, it was an amazing animation, and my only hope is that if they're going to make more of these, which they are. Just just give it to Tyson Hesse and his team. Let them do mm-hmm. what they do best. Because he clearly, clearly knows, knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think after the success of the first two, the, I don't see them changing hands. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we all believe that there is a Sonic Mania sequel in development? There, there, there should be, be, but I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there is, I guess that just means more Sonic Mania adventures. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, fully believe there yeah. is one. I think Sega would be nuts not to have one. Well, see, that's the thing, though. This is Sega. So, like, you know, they don't always do the things that make sense, right? If they're smart, Sonic Mania 2 was in development the day after, in pre-production, the day after Mania came out. But this Mm. is Sega, so they might be doubling down on Sonic Forces 2. Who knows? Probably. Yeah. I mean, at that point, they they were still stunned that people like Mania. They did. They were. They were. That was a statement when it sold. I think it sold over a million, and they were like, "Whoa, we didn't think this could happen. We thought Forces was going to be the one to bet on." Yeah. That's just you. Literally, have to be sticking your head in the ground with your ears plugged to really think that people didn't want what Mania represents. Mm Hmm. That's, if you, I mean, if you just go on any any random forum thread about Sonic, most of it's going to be, uh, before Mania came out, most of it's going to be about how they want classic Sonic back, that classic formula mm. with the momentum and everything. And that, I, I, Sega just baffles me sometimes. Well, that or an, or an Adventure remake. <laughs> oh, oh, God, yes. Or Adventure 3. I still want Adventure 3. Oh, you got Adventure 3 at Sonic 06. So you want Adventure 4. <laughs> oh, God, why? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I I watched the OKKO um, episode that has Sonic in, and that was really good as well, actually. Oh, was it? Okay. That um, I think it's like 15 minutes long, but it 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 brings back um, very Dreamcast era iterations of Sonic and Tails. Like Sonic's a little bit of a jerk, Tails has a better personality, and um, that captured them really well. So if they were to add voice acting into future shorts, I feel like if they did it in that style, they could pull it off. I, th- I think Sonic Mania Adventure should always be silent, um, but any modern ones, I wouldn't be too offended with having voice acting in there. No, not at all. No, I wouldn't either. So, we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed, but it probably won't be too long until we learn what the next Sonic project is. So. Mm-hmm. It just better, I mean, I just it better be either an Adventure Remake, Adventure 3, or hopefully Mania 2. And just, if, I wa- if it's Mania 2, I want all original content. I love oh, yeah. what Mania did with the re- returning zones, but I think Christian Whitehead and his team could absolutely just just turn them loose. Let them make the zones of their dreams. And we already saw previews of that with stuff like Press Garden. Like can you imagine what a whole game of stuff like that would be like? Mm-hmm. Oh man. Good so lord. Nice. <laughs> yeah. If they do Adventure 3 and don't have a Chow Garden, get back in there oh, God, and yeah. put the Chow Garden in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, 
Speaking of dream projects and just the time for the season, uh, the Fatal Frame series producer, Keisuke Kikuchi, actually made a comment saying he wants to make a new entry for the Switch. Now, this doesn't say they're actually making a new entry, but he wants to do it. Um, so, I I feel like they should go for it, <laughs> because Resident, Resident Evil seems to be doing pretty well on the Switch, and having something original on there would be great. Even if they did like a remaster of the, like, the first three games, that'd be something. But yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I feel like, you know, the way the success that most games get on the Switch, and especially with something like Fatal Frame, where it just has this legacy to it, I think it could do pretty well. well when was the last time that Fatal Frame had a chance? I mean, um, Project Zero, um, I think the, the, the Wii edition of Project Zero 2 was only in Europe. Fatal mm-hmm. Frame 4 was only in Japan. Main of Blackwater didn't get a physical release in America. They've just, they've not been given this series the opportunities to succeed. And I think it can. I, I feel like this yeah. is the kind of genre that does really well nowadays, but they're just not giving it a chance to do well. Mm-hmm. So how does this work? Do, do I tap my credit card against the screen or do I throw it? Because <laughs> I, I, for some reason, I'm not able to pay for it yet. But uh. no, like I, you guys know, I was a huge fan of Maiden of Blackwater. I thought it was really fantastic. And I like the series in general. So now, of course, with Maiden of Blackwater, you, and I can't believe I'm saying this, you had the advantage of the Wii U gamepad, which really did make it feel like a viewfinder through a camera. So with a Switch, you're not going to have that, at least on uh, TV mode. But this series is so uniquely creepy, and just, I love it. And, you know, it's weird, because you guys were, have been saying it hasn't really ever had a chance, and that's true. And yet, Yuri Kozukawa, the main character from Maiden of Blackwater, is an assist trophy in Smash. <laughs> yeah. So clearly, Nintendo respects the series enough to include it in Smash. So, you know, I feel like there's a really good chance this could happen, and I will be first in line for it if it does. Mm-hmm. Yep, here's hoping. Uh, but speaking of scary games, I guess, <laughs> is uh, we got a bit of an announcement about Last of Us Part Two, and it has been delayed until May 29th, 2020. Uh, I forget the original release date off the top of my head, but, you know, it's delayed nonetheless. Just a few months. It was March or February. It was February something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. February is a packed month already, so... The more we can yeah. spread this stuff out, the better. <laughs> so Right. This just gives me more time to focus only on FF7 Remake, which I'll want to do anyway. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But it's interesting, because as you guys know, I previewed Last of Us Part Two only a month ago, and you know that was when they revealed the release date of, for February. And what I played was fantastic. It was so polished. It was so intense. But, you know, apparently they just need a little more time to get it right, and that's fine. Get it right. Mm-hmm. Hell, and I said this on Twitter... I'd be willing to wait till 2021 or beyond if it meant they could get it right without the team going through crunch mode, you know? Just maintain that quality of life for employees if if you can, which obviously doesn't happen often. But I I, got to say, I have been very impressed by the reaction from the community. I was expecting the usual meltdowns and man-children threatening and harassing and screaming. That hasn't been the case. People are, they're understanding. They're saying to Neil Druckmann, get it right, no problem, we understand. And that's really refreshing. I, th- I agree. Think... Well, go ahead, John. I agree to an extent. Um, there's one thing that Jason Sh- Jason Schreier said earlier, though, um, is that a three month delay doesn't mean it's going to be easy on the developers because a studio no, like Naughty doesn't. Dog is very crunch focused. Mm-hmm. So right. instead of it being three months easier, it's just three months more crunch. Right. And I, I don't know no, how exactly. accurate that is to Naughty Dog, but um, they are known for crunch. Is, yeah, it's, <laughs> it is probably fairly possible, accurate. Very possible. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, and like, like I said, that was just a hypothetical, but I would personally be willing to wait another year or whatever if they could avoid that and maintain quality oh, sure. of life. But, of course, Sony as a publisher, they have their deadlines they need to hit and their their metrics, and, you know, so I get it. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I've just been really impressed by the reaction from the community. Everyone seems to be completely cool about it, and that is, as well, you guys we, know, we, not we've often been the as a community lately, um, no one exactly. like no one freaks out about Metroid Prime Four being re- rebooted. I think a lot of us just said, "Okay, that's true. like get it right." Um, yeah. Animal Crossing, that's fine. It's it's just it's ready when it's ready. Let mm-hmm. it cook. Doom. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we've been doing that a lot lately. Even with Doom Eternal, people were fine mm-hmm. with that being delayed. I mean, there were, I there like were there questions little... about the Switch version, but in general, yeah. There was a little salt about around Animal Crossing. People were pretty pissed at the time, like, oh, man, you know, Animal, Animal Crossing didn't direct. Wait, 2020? Oh, my dreams were ruined. See, God, I didn't you know, see that a lot. I, I mainly saw people just freaking out about how good it looked, not yeah. really okay, complaining about enough. it not being good or not being mm-hmm. available right away. Right, Which, right. considering this year, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's for sure. So, well... Uh, speaking of Bethesda and <laughs> Doom Eternal, <laughs> oh, kind of. Uh, Bethesda might as well be uh, doomed at this rate. Well, Fallout 76 might as well be doomed because they announced Fallout First, a Fallout 76 subscription plan for premium content that's priced at $99 a year, and it's still a mess. Like, there's, I've heard there's even issues with this launch where apparently the stuff that yeah. they, it, that's exclusive to these subscribers, uh, subscribers can be stolen by other players. Oh, no. For example, so or or won't even appear in some cases. I think or like yeah. NPCs will already be dead when you load up the game. Like this is a mess, and it's like Bethesda mm-hmm. knows it's a mess, but they're just shameless about this. They're like, okay, yeah, we don't care that the game's a mess. Pay pay more for it. Mm-hmm. Like so, what? I think you're mostly paying for private servers with this, right? Uh, I think the the big selling point of Fallout First, which is the name of this thing, is you basically ha- get to have your your private worlds with your friends. Um, that's that's a novel idea, but it's one hundred dollars mm. a year. That is yeah. so expensive. That is stupid. It is ridiculous. Yeah. And I, I here's the thing: it's like I, I'm actually kind of surprised that there's still players <laughs> in Fallout oh, 76. <laughs> uh-huh. I know because this I game mean, just has such a stink to it at this point. There must be a contingent of really hardcore Fallout fans who have shown Bethesda that they will buy whatever is put in front of them, because otherwise. What's the what's the the draw here? Yeah. I mean, who would pay for this knowing that Fallout 76 is still a mess? The Outer Worlds just came out. I don't I haven't looked at it that closely, but I know it's by the team who did Fallout New Vegas, which is widely considered mm-hmm. the best of the new Fallout games and uh you know, it's getting fantastic reviews. Go play that. It's still cheaper than yeah. this. And that's coming to Switch at some point. Mhm. Yeah. That's true. And this is like 40 bucks more than Xbox Live Gold or PlayStation Plus. Like, how can you justify that for a single game? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't pay, like, look, I, look. I mean, if Nintendo wanted to charge 100 bucks a year to play Smash online and only Smash, I wouldn't pay for that either. It's not because I don't care about Fallout. It, that's just stupid for a single game, especially a game that's broken. Yeah. Mm. We see this kind of um, these kind of charges in a lot of well, a lot of mobile games. Like Mario Kart Tour has this kind of stuff, but where you pay like forty dollars <laughs> to get, I don't know, like Mario. <laughs> yeah. Mario Kart Tour just sucks. Yeah, yeah I, I it hate it. Just man. sucks it's... out loud too. <laughs> it just it's it's awful. I, don't I, I get 
I, I mean, I, I boot it up every once, every once in a while just to see, like, oh, I'll check out one of the new tracks. And every single time, I'm not just disappointed, I get angry at how bad it is. I'm like, right. this is just, this is so bad. I don't, it makes me mad. <laughs> There's one thing I do like about Mario Kart Tour lately, and that is um, the, the new costumes they're putting in. I think Witch cool. Rosalina and Luigi's Mansion King Boo, they look cool. I just don't want them, I just don't want to play as them in Mario I, Kart Tour, though. You want them in a better <laughs> I'm not going to pay for them. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking, well, let's let's talk about something that actually looks, you know, good, <laughs> because we got a new trailer, uh, release date trailer, essentially for Persona Five Scramble in Japan. Uh, that's releasing on February twentieth, which just seems to be a very popular day to release things. Uh, it seems. <laughs> Don't know why, but yeah, that's when it's coming out in Japan. And considering it's coming out on the Switch and it's region free, you can play it if you want when it comes out. But uh, this trailer. Boy, this will be on the game because, you know, you got the initial one where it's, you know, Persona 5 Muso. You kind of know what you're going to get. Not really, it turns out, because this is, this looks so different to what was shown before. And it looks like, that's the fun thing about Muso games to me is that you have different games that sort of take on the properties of... Uh, that series just within a Muso. You saw it with Hyrule Warriors, saw it with Fire Emblem Warriors. Dragon Quest Heroes is a major one as far as that's concerned and how they sort of manage to keep those ideas alive within the, within a Muso game. But Persona looks by far the most different from a Muso game. There's like platforming, the day structure seems in there, you're wandering around towns and sort of hanging out with everybody. It's wild. It looks like Persona 5. It looks like Persona 5, yeah. but instead of turn-based combat, there's Muso combat. <clears throat> they nailed the, best the way presentation. To this. Yeah. Yeah. Like the menus and just the UI, they nailed that Persona 5 look. And I hadn't watched the trailer before uh, you know, we started recording, and you know, we were going to talk about this, so I watched it. And yeah, immediately, I haven't even played Persona 5 because I don't have 100 hours to kill. But, <laughs> I, but, but I mean, I've seen enough of it to know the whole vibe, and I, it, it, it nails it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They nailed it. And there's there's a lot yeah. of excitement because of the opening bits uh, that they showed with all the different companies where they had different colors. And each of the colors kind of matched up with uh, previous Persona games. And even the yeah. music at the end kind of pulled from across the series. So I've seen a lot of people hoping that uh, since the story has them traveling around Japan, that they could potentially meet up with the other pers- like have other Persona characters in the game beyond five. So you can have people from four, three, cool. maybe even one and two this time. It's hard to say, <laughs> but four and three seems like a guarantee. You know I what? Would that love would surprise to see, me. Um, Inaba from Persona 4, like the small, quiet town Ooh, just completely yeah. full of all these monsters. <laughs> well, and, awesome. and I feel like they, they, Persona 4 was such a hit that they, they go out of their way to monetize that cast of characters any way they mm-hmm. possibly can. Mm-hmm. And they know that the P4 cast would be a huge draw in P5 Scramble. And, I mean, I think they're right. Like, this is, of course, I'm just seeing this, saying this as an outside observer, and I played, you know, a fair bit of Persona 4, but. Even now, that cast appeals to me, and threes both appeal to me way more than fives. Like now, of course, I haven't mm. played five. I think but if I've you played the anime. five, <laughs> well, I've watched the anime though, and like I don't dislike five's cast, but I'm just like they don't. Nobody in five's cast grabs me like Chie or Yukiko or Kanji. You know, it's just or or uh, you know Mitsuru from three or just I don't know. Mm-hmm. Five's cast just doesn't really have that immediate appeal to me. Maybe they're just mm. a slower burn, but even watching the anime, I just like, I like Anne. She's cool, but I just, I don't know. 
See, I didn't uh, watch the anime, so I can't say how four. close it captured him. So I don't know. Sure, that one. sure. Mm. Yeah, I I do also prefer four. I, I'm not sure if that's just because I played four first, though. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I at some point I do want to play three and four, but as you said, these are lots of time to to dedicate to them. <laughs> so it's like yeesh. that's for sure. And I really do hope that three and four get ported to the Switch. Yeah. It feels like it's just a slam dunk. Why wouldn't they do that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it does. Well, but I guess Persona 5 Scramble being so much like Persona 5 is kind of a saving grace, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is even being um, sort of positioned as a sequel. And they have done that before, though. I mean, Persona 4 Dancing All Night is technically a sequel yeah. to Persona 4. And the so, fighting game is a, a, a uh, sequel <laughs> to the yeah. Persona 4. So I don't know how seriously we can take that, that kind of um, positioning, but if it is a proper sequel, then that... That could be interesting. Mm. Mm-hmm. I was a little sad that the Persona 3 and 5 dancing games didn't get a story mode like 4. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the cutscenes went on forever, but I still love the... Uh, <laughs> like, it's a chance to hang out with these characters more and see what crazy reasons they could come up for with, for, with, for dancing. <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it's a good thing, though, because I did play uh, P4 Arena Ultimax, and, I mean, the story mode was cool, great voice acting, but their reasons for fighting each other and th- it was all so contrived i mean so contrived that's the way it usually and goes with these type of crossovers that's true no that's that's true right. but but not only was it contrived the cutscenes were so long and they just got a little sloggy for me because mm. it is it just ca- those you know it's those ruin, character cutting they kind of yeah. ruined the original too like the the main villain of persona 4 is a twist and it kind of wraps up quite nicely and then persona 4 arena he's, he's just back again yeah <laughs> so exactly it just feels weird yeah yeah yeah, we'll see what happens. But just as far as this trailer is concerned, like I am much more excited for this game now. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm going to leave the last little bit of news to you, Ash, because I know you're excited about this. Yeah, this is pretty cool. So yesterday, the Mega Man—I think it was uh, Capcom—revealed it via the Mega Man Twitter account that the upcoming Zero ZX Lexi Collection is going to include support for the Mega Man Zero Three e-reader cards that previously were only available in Japan, although they were part of the Mega Man Zero Collection on DS. So this isn't the first time we've seen this support added, but it is nice to know that Capcom, you know, remembered to include this exclusive content again. And not only that, they're including support for the GBA's, uh, or sorry, for the DS's Game Boy Advance slot, wherein if you played Mega Man ZX and you put either 03 or 04 in the, in the slot for the GBA, uh, you get to play against bosses from those games, but you get to use all the cool new forms in, in ZX. So you can try, oh, you know, cool. what's Model H like against the, a boss from Mega Man Zero Three. Stuff like that. So it's really cool stuff. And just the fact that they remembered to include this stuff, I think is pretty cool. And it does position this even more as the definitive collection of the Zero and ZX series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm really awesome. looking forward to picking this, this collection up. I haven't had a chance to play the X collections at all, but I'm still, uh-huh. you know, I'm well, yeah. still excited to pick this up just to have it, be, have it re- be ready. And, you know, I've only played the original Zero, but that was a lot of Dude. fun. Dude, you all, please make the time to play through the whole Zero series. <laughs> I'm not just saying that because I'm a giant Mega Man fan. It is genuinely, like, the best story like the best complete story in Mm -hmm. in the Mega Man series like it it follows on from X but the way that it wraps up X and Zero's entire character art from like the first X game all the way to Zero Four it's again I'm not just saying this because I love Mega Man it's actually (laughs) really good so dude set aside the time it's so good (laughs) Uh so what's going to be our next collection are we going to get Legends or are they going to go to Battle Network uh, it's going to be Legends 
People want Legends. Uh, I want it to be Legends, but I think they might go with Battle Network first. Hmm, I feel like they maybe. might. Because Battle Network maybe. has a lot more immediate appeal than Legends. Like, Battle Network sold incredibly well in its time. And mm-hmm. Legends didn't, obviously, do that well. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe Battle Network is is the first thing they might go with, but I do think there's a chance that we could see a Legends collection down the line. I mean, I hope so. How cool would that be? Because those games aren't exactly super playable these days in terms of accessibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're not hard. I mean, they're not you know they're tough to get a hold of on any modern console. So to have that would be really cool. Yeah, it would be really cool if they throw in the um, Mega Man Legends three demo because that was pretty oh, much complete. It was ready to release. My heart. Can I know. you imagine if they just include the promo at the beginning, um, in, in the collection, alongside Tron Bon and One and Two? Ah, oh, that'd be wonderful. That would be what a great piece of little Mega Man history that would be. And I remember, remember the the early days of the 3DS. One of the big eShop exclusives was supposed to be the prologue demo for yeah. Legends yeah. Three. And I then, mean that that you know? game was going to be when I got myself a 3DS because I hadn't gotten one at that point. <laughs> That's just, man, I mean, that still hurts, but I love that idea, John, is to have that, you know, because why not? Let people play it, even if the game's never going to come, but maybe that's why. Maybe they don't want to deal with the, the fallout with Probably. fans. Yeah, like, you I know, so. I get it. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of Mega Man to make into a collection, so just keep that. There, there is there is one game journalist out there, I can't remember his name, but there's one guy out there who had the plot of Legend 3 explained to him by Capcom and kind of like a just summed it up, like, you know, quickly. And he's the only one to, to date that I know of who knows how that story was going to play out. And oh, I, I, I would love I'm to I'm guessing know. he's I, never I told to anybody. Him. I don't think he has. I mean, maybe, he's, <clears throat> maybe he's under NDA or something. But someone out there knows how Legends 3 was going to play out. Oh, and man. I am just dying to know. Kind of in the same way how we got that Half-Life 3 story leak a, mm-hmm. a little while ago. That mm-hmm. it's never going to get made, but that's what would have happened. Oh, man. If that comes I out, I wish I'm that would immediately. <laughs> oh, it's out. You can go find it now. Oh, really? For Half Life. Oh no, I don't oh, care about Half Life. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, if that ever happened, that would be the coolest thing. I'd want to do a discussion on that. That's how big a deal it would be. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, mm. let's go ahead and jump into our Patreon topics for the week. And as always, for just one dollar a month, you guys can support us on Patreon. Get these uh, podcasts three days early every Friday, as well as offering up topics like the ones we have here and access to our VIP room in our Discord. So, uh, who'd like to go first this week? Uh, I feel like mine's quite a short one, so should we get this one out of the way first? Sure. So, mine comes from Brayden Kalki, I I think it's pronounced, Uh, and he says, Marketing stunts like the Pokemon livestream and the Fortnite Blackout are certainly getting a lot of people talking about their respective games, but it can also be a frustrating vacuum for the more hardcore players, as they have to wait for anything eventful to happen. What are your thoughts on these kind of marketing techniques, and will they continue? So, um, both Fortnite and Pokemon happen within a very um, short uh, time of each other. Basically, Pokemon made us watch a forest, and Fortnite made us watch this black hole for a while. <laughs> and um, it's, it's hard to call either of them failures, because they were so successful on social media. Um, and I think, I think the point of them is not to watch them, but just to have a continuous talk uh, outside of the, of the stream about these games. Um, I don't play Fortnite, but I heard so much about Fortnite during that black hole thing, and Twitter was just full of Pokemon. So I, I understand Brayden's, Brayden's point of view, where it can be a bit um, frustrating as a hardcore player if you just if you are watching the entire thing. But I also feel like that's not really the purpose. 
Mm-hmm. It's more. Just I agree. The, it's it's definitely to generate talk and you know, see what people say about it. And in the case of Fortnite, from what I understand, it's kind of a brilliant move what they did there in terms of theirs because they changed so much of the game for this chapter two that they're starting that they really just needed time to, you know take down the servers and get the new ones up uh-huh. and get everything ready to go as far as that's concerned. So yeah. that's a brilliant way of having, like, I don't know if Fortnite has a story, but an in-game story reason for why this is happening and, uh, you know, just rebooting the world. So that's cool. That's a neat idea. Uh, and as far as Pokemon, you, you saw all the memes. It worked. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think it is a really good approach for streaming culture in particular because, you know, they, they know there are those hardcore fans who will do a 24-hour stream. And, and the, clearly there were plenty of people who would do that. And I think it's I think it's a great way to go with streaming culture. Now, for someone like me and probably all of us, of course, you, Derek, had to do it because <laughs> Game Explained. But, like, you know, people like me and I think most adults don't have time for that. So, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't pay much attention because I just don't have time to sit in front of the computer for 24 hours. Um, you know, and, and I, it's not just because it's Pokemon. You know, I'm not a hardcore Pokemon fan, but I like it. I wouldn't sit in front of, of a Mega Man stream for 24 hours. I would want to, but I don't think I could. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh. just for me, people like, you know, working adults, I don't think it's a great approach, but that's not who this is for anyway. Right. I also think not every game can do this. There's only yeah. a select few of, of like huge games that can. I feel like right. one game that, that could do this is Breath of the Wild 2. Oh, God, yeah. I feel like mm. you can just live stream Hyrule Fields. It can be a spot that we already know from the first game. But people are going to watch just to see something new in there. Um, I think that could be really successful, actually. Oh, absolutely. But uh, if if it were just like, I don't know, if, if they... I'm not sure Pokemon can do it again. I think I think that one time is probably Pokemon tapped for now. Yeah. Although, if so, what a weird... Not, not that Galarian Ponyta is a waste. It's really cool looking. But that seems like kind of a... Again, not a waste. But is that was, was that a big enough deal for the end of a 24-hour event? I, it's um, hard to say because it built up th- talking. I think, I think the idea here is that they're going into this absolutely trying to keep things under wraps as much as possible. They don't want to actually show mm-hmm. everything in the game before it comes out, uh, which is absolutely commendable because they showed everything in Sun and Moon. Yeah. There was no surprises there. So they have to find some way to advertise this with the limited pool that they can actually show, I guess by their own self, you know, restraint. Uh, and so making the, you know, a 24-hour live stream to show off a new Galarian form of ponytail, which is super cute, Sure, that'll do the trick. <laughs> yeah. I will. I, I, I think probably the one thing that could get me to, like, really try to set aside time for a whole day to do this is if, like, if Square Enix tweeted something out like, hey, it's time to check out this 24-hour stream, some time-based pun. Because then I'm like, okay, wait. If you got me st- sitting here for a possible Chrono sequel announcement, all right, all right, you got me for 24 hours. That's... <laughs> Yeah. It'd be really cool if um, just at certain points during the live stream, it just goes rapidly into the future, into the past. Uh, That'd be super cool. <laughs> See, now you're making me think of my my dream Chrono Trigger stage with the uh, Lavos core shifting through the different oh, timelines. Uh, awesome. So yes. now I'm hurting, and I'm thinking about that now. Mm. Uh, mm. Man. But yeah, I mean, to answer the question, I think these marketing stunts are effective, but 
it, they're, they're also quite limited. I don't, th- I don't think there's an opportunity to always do them. Yeah. Um, and I think if a lot of other games try to do it, they probably won't be as successful as Pokemon and Fortnite. Agreed. Yeah, probably not. They, they might do all right in like limited quanti- qualities. Like I know um, if they were trying to do promote a big new yakuza game or a spinoff or maybe it's the return of kiryu since i'm pretty sure his story is kind of finished through the zero through six games um but show camarocho and show how it changed or how it's different or something like that that could be effective for yakuza fans um but beyond i don't know how far that reach would go Mm -hmm. capcom could maybe get away with it with resident evil I could see Maybe. that possibly, you know, like a Resident Evil 8, you know, teaser stream. You don't know it's RE8, but something. I feel like RE is a big enough deal. Well, of course it's a big deal, but it's like a huge oh. deal for Capcom right now that they could probably get away with it. Or like a Resident Evil 3 remake tease. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. Like hearing Nemesis in the background, uh-huh. like some footsteps. Yeah, you see a silhouette at some points. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I could totally see, you know, Capcom being able to get away with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. But as John said, it is quite limited, and you you definitely don't want to overdo it. No. So. All right. Well, I'm going to go next, uh, which is from Boardman, who says, Hello, GX crew. Listening to last week's podcast, I could hear the passion in Derek's voice as as he gushed about Dragon Quest XI. And I'm glad he had such a good experience with it and has gotten lots of people to try the game out. On the other hand, though, it got me thinking. Have you guys or people you know ever dealt with a game being overhyped to the point where you just got tired of hearing about it? A downer topic, I'm aware, but I recall John had a face-to-face about a similar issue, so I'd like hearing uh, like hearing about the rest of you guys' take uh, take on it. Thanks for what you do, and looking forward to the podcast. So I think this is absolutely a thing because you can hear about a game and see everybody praise about it. I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think of a specific. A specific example where everybody was just talking about the game for so long, and then I played it myself, and I'm like, really? I'm not seeing it. Um, it just doesn't, you know, do anything for me. But, but I know that's mm-hmm. a definite possibility that that goes in. I'm actually uh, going through that right now. Go ahead, Ash. Oh, see, so yeah, you cut out for a second. Um, I'm going through that right now, actually, with uh, Death Stranding. It's not that I'm oh. not looking forward to Death Stranding. I'm just tired of hearing about it like i just kind of wanted to come out and then let you know people see what it is and decide for themselves what they think but i'm just kind of it feels like the marketing and the trailers are non-stop for this game and i just kind of i'm kind of tired of hearing about it now that said there is a certain sense of personal bias here because you know think about smash 4's you know lead up to release there is a a new screenshot or something new announcement every single weekday for like months leading up to that game's release but I didn't care because I'm super into Smash. So mm-hmm. there is a certain sense of personal bias here. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that's also more on the marketing side of things. It, it seems like this question seems to me to be more about the game's already out. Everybody's talking about how great it is, but you just haven't had a chance to get to it. But hearing oh, everybody okay. else talk about it, you're like, mm, maybe I should check this out. And then you play it and you're like, hmm. eh, it's not for me. Sure. Uh, slightly off topic as well. Um, I think this is what the face to face was about. Um, about directs, we hype ourselves so much for these things, mm. uh, and some like sometimes they don't even exist. Like sometimes they haven't yeah. even announced one, and we're hyping ourselves up about one possibly coming. And uh, it, it can get a bit unhealthy at times, I think. And mm-hmm. your, your your expectations are never going to be met if they're so high. Um, and a lot of that's just encouraged by us as a community because we're so passionate about all this 
And so I think we, we just get ourselves into this mindset of how good something's going to be, even if this thing doesn't even exist. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but I'm, try- I'm trying to think of a game myself as well. I can't think of one recently, but I remember Killzone 2 coming out. Oh boy. <laughs> and th- there are lots of really good reviews for that game. And I got it. I played it for a bit. And to me, it felt just like this the most generic first-person shooter I've ever played. <laughs> it was it was brown and muddy, and it didn't control particularly well. It was very weighty. Um, and I think that was just a huge letdown for me. And I think one of the biggest reasons it was so um, so uh, revered was because it was a, a PlayStation 3 exclusive at a time where there weren't really that many um, like high-quality ones. So right, I, I, I right. do think sometimes you can, like, Get get like caught up in that hype and then it not deliver. Mm-hmm. Sure, I can think of a couple of examples for me, <clears throat> not recent ones, but but in previous generations. One of them is uh, Conker's Bad Fur Day. I was a huge fan of Rare on N sixty four, of course, and loved the banjo games to death, especially the first one. And Pete, now to be fair, a lot of the buzz was because of how crass and how M rated it was back in those days for Nintendo. But people were raving about it. You got to play it. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> I just didn't like it at all. I, I I played like an hour of it, and I was not feeling it. And I'm like, what is the big deal other than all the, you know, the, all the M-rated stuff in it? But I just mm. didn't care. And then I guess some, uh, probably a better example is a little more recent, which is Final Fantasy XII. You know, people flipped out about that game. It is divisive now in hindsight, but the people who flipped out about it flipped out about it. And it's like, oh, my God, it's one of the best. I hate that game. I can't stand it. I can't. I played it, and I and it was the first Final Fantasy to date, uh, up to that point, that I hadn't. Well, of course, passed like the first three, first you know, but that I hadn't just immediately snapped up and played all the way through because I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan. But with twelve, at least the original release, I got like eight to ten hours in, and I just dropped it. It did not hold my interest, and I was like, "What is the big deal with this game?" Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you on Final Fantasy twelve. I would have to go back to Conquer to reinstate my opinion but i do wonder how much of conquer's appeal was just that it was a an animated game that looked cute like is that sure. the appeal do you think yeah. like if, well, if they mean people think it was a good today? game I, I think I, the game also changes up quite a lot i don't i've never seen anybody claim that conquer's gameplay was good <laughs> really i thought i got generally it was considered to be I'll a pretty to good game not it. banjo level but like a pretty good game but maybe not I mean, I remember enjoying it. No, I, I just well, think I don't um, know about they're down on it, but I also don't know hear anybody like talk about. Oh, you remember this section in Con- Conquer? No, it's. Do you remember the Great Mighty Pooh? And the right. boss fight isn't even that great. Right. It, it's just sure. the singing opera. <laughs> you know, I got one that's that's that might surprise you guys actually. Uh, Mega Man Two. I don't get why people act like it's the best, you know, one of the best 2D platformers of all time. I can think of several other classic Mega Man games that I think are better than 2. Mm-hmm. 2's great, but then the, the back half of the game, the Wily Castle stuff, throws some really badly designed nonsense at you. And I just, it doesn't, people seem to like gloss over that though, and they just say it's one of the best ever. It's not. And I don't, I've never understood why people just praise Mega Man 2 as like the best Mega Man game ever. It's not even half the game Mega Man X is. And mm-hmm. games like three, and in my opinion, five and six, and 
9. I think they're all 10. I think they're all better than 2. I don't know. I never understood the fervor behind Mega Man 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I get that. I, again, I'm trying to think of ones of my own, because the thing is, I try to manage my expectations pretty well, and what I really appreciate is when people that are fans and hype a game up also recognize maybe the problems that you might encounter across them. Uh, for example, when I played the original Nier, uh, and tried, as a sort of lead-up to Nier Automata that I still haven't gotten to, um, you know, people told me that, you know, combat is... Maybe not the best. It gets a little repetitious, but the story and the music is fantastic. And so I went in with that expectation, and I could see where the love came from for this game. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, I think that's the thing is you got as a fans, if you want to get somebody into it, maybe warn them about some of the pitfalls it has as well. Like, yeah, there's this mm-hmm. problem, but I still really like this, and I think it's worth playing. Sure. Right. Right. I just I just thought of a big one actually. Grand Theft Auto Three. And main, and just kind of the GTA series in general. I get the appeal, but I when I played GTA 3 back in its heyday, and they were like, oh my god, this is revolutionary. Yeah, it was open-world-ish at the time, and I get that, but I just, I don't get the appeal. Or I, I just, man, it's not for me, mm. I guess, but I, I played it, and I was like, yeah. it is. And I mean, even stuff like Grand Theft Auto 5, again, I get the appeal, but... I just don't have any personal interest, and I play it, and I'm like, I don't really get why people are this over the over the moon about it. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. never I'm, beaten a GTA game. Yeah. I I'm I'm not against the series, and I've played a good chunk of them, but GTA Four, I just hated that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I hated how the handling of vehicles was. I hated how slow the plot was. Uh, it was just. I don't understand how it got like 10, 10 out of tens. It was a big letdown compared to like San Andreas. What was um, Nico's damn cousin's name? Who oh, uh, 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 um, Roman. Begin with an R. Roman. Yeah, Roman. Is yeah. it Roman? <laughs> I hated yeah. that guy. He just always call, uh, calls you up and says you want to go bowling. <laughs> uh, I don't like talking on the phone the in real life. Certainly yeah. not in a video game. Uh-huh. Ugh, drive, drove me crazy. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little rough, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's one of those things you gotta. Like, I, I wish I could think of an exact example of something being overhyped for me and then playing it and be like, really? And honestly, I, I I usually have a good opinion about how I'll enjoy something before I get into it. I've, I've gotten mm-hmm. that ability, I think. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, all right, Ash. What about your topic? All right, well, I'm such an easy mark, but my topic this week comes from Donkey Man. Love that name, by the way, who says, <laughs> Hi, Game Explain. With rumors swirling about a potential Okami sequel, my question is simple. What would each of you, especially Ash, want to see in a new game? Would you want it to continue to follow in Zelda's footsteps and offer its take on Breath of the Wild's vast open world, or should it innovate in other ways? Or perhaps you think it would be best for Okami 2 to be similar in scope to the original? As always, thanks for the great content every week. So, thanks for this uh, question, Donkey Man. I've been just raving about the possible Okami sequel since that all happened earlier this week. And I honestly, this might not be the popular answer, I would prefer them to stay the course and maybe make a bigger in scope, but still very much not open world 3D Zelda-esque game. So, you know, one of the things I loved about the original Okami was that it's a in my opinion, the very best representation or one of the very best representations of 3D Zelda prior to Breath of the Wild. And those are those are games that aren't made that much anymore, you know, with the push to open world and now Zelda especially going open world. You don't get that very often, that kind of 3D Zelda game design like Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, that kind of thing. So 
I want Okami 2 to stay the course. Sure, make the environments bigger, make it an even grander quest, if, if that's even possible. But I don't want it to be open world. What about you guys? I, I guess you could apply this question here to any game, but what would Okami gain from being open world? Like, right? How, how would that help it? I'm not sure. You know, other yeah. than, like, unless you're like, I mean, it seems uh, rote, but um, each, like, as you go through and you're actually, maybe all of Japan is bleak and colorless, and you know, you can see the effect of you actually bringing color and light and uh, greenery back to the, the these lands and see them improve as you go you on and you can, can see though. the reflection there. But I mean, I mean, you already can though. That's kind of exact, what you do in the yeah, first exactly. Game. There's that. There's that whole thing. So I, I'm not sure it really does gain a lot. Um, mm. It's it's a little weird in that respect. But I also think they shouldn't do it mainly because I don't think that's Platinum's forte. I don't know if Platinum that's ever made an open world. So I think or, yeah, Clover Platinum. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's basically Platinum at this point. But right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> And, and that's the thing too is like Okami is is the reason it's so amazing in my opinion. It's not it's it's a perfect confluence of everything. It's not just that the gameplay is fantastic. It's also that it, it's driven along by an incredibly arresting story and characters. And the pacing in that game is amazing because it can be as fast as you want it to be. There's a ton of side content that you could take your time and go do. But if you want to, you can just go straight through the story. And it's just it's so well paced and it keeps you into it. And as we all know. Open world games stumble there almost unilaterally. Open world games do not have good stories, at least none that I've played. Breath of the Wild, they tried, but they failed miserably, in my opinion. So you're a liar. I, just, Ash. I don't think. What with Breath of the Wild? You're that's true. Open my world bad. games Hor- don't have well, good stories. You're right. My bad. Horizon <laughs> is the sole exception. That's a very good point. And uh, although I mean it is open world, true, but there is a linear path through it. Although I guess that's true for Breath of the Wild. So yeah. Horizon's the one exception, then that's a great point, Derek. But in general, I just don't think open world games do story well, with the exception of Horizon. And I don't, you know, and, and here's the other thing, too. If if you've played Okami, you know that it's likely not going to be based in Japan again, because, you know, Okami 1, I don't want to spoil it for people playing the Switch version or whatever, but it ends in a way that, that you know it's not going to take place again in Japan. And that's that's right. another thing I'd want to happen is, like, Okami 2 absolutely does need to follow on straight from Okami 1 and Okami Den. I don't want it to be, like, a reboot. I don't want it to be, like, a side story. It needs to be a continuation of what Amaterasu is doing at the end of Okami 1. See, I haven't I, I played Okami Den, so I'm not sure what that where they pick up with that, so... Mm-hmm. Oops. <laughs> I guess one big uh, area that Platinum have focused on a lot in the last decade or so is their combat. Um, do you think there's there's games that Okami could learn from that Platinum have done since Okami? I do, although I do think Platinum seems to stumble there a bit, not because their, their combat isn't good, but because it tends to be... I think it, it's in some of their games, it mm-hmm. tends to be a little shallow. Obviously, that's not the case in games like Bayonetta or Astral Chain. But, you know, when you think of a game like Nier Automata, the combat is easily the least impressive part of that game. It's still good, but there isn't a lot of depth to it, and that's the thing with the original Okami as well. The combat is is pretty... It's good, but it's not that deep, and it's not that challenging. So I do think they could take a take a page from perhaps Breath of the Wild with more environment, you know, environmentally contextual combat options. You know, maybe you can use uh, the Celestial Brush to slash down a tree, and that tree can damage the enemies. 
something like mm-hmm. that, you know? Mm-hmm. I do think uh, they so should I do get think, rid of the arenas. <clears throat> yeah, I think they could get rid of the arenas. I agree with that. And yeah, so I think the one major area that Okami could improve in and learn from other games is, is the combat. That's a great point, John. It'd also be cool if there's one thing it could take from Breath of the Wild, and I think that is the environment, the, the I guess the environment engine, of being able to co- like cause fires using the brush and have that fire right. spread and use that in combat or something like that. Especially with that, that, that art style? Yeah, oh, wow. that's a lot of potential awesome. there, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez, this conversation, you guys. I want this to happen so much. <laughs> that being said, uh, this, this this seems like a mass, massive just wish fulfillment. I, who knows if it'll actually happen with Capcom, but uh, right. you know, well, it's you know, definitely riled fans Capcom, up. And they had to have seen that, that it was such a big deal that Okami was trending for a while. Of course, now what's trending these days doesn't necessarily mean it's a huge deal because of the weird way Twitter works. But Okami was trending, and that's got to count for something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we shall see. But uh, all right, let's go ahead and move on to our game this week, uh, submitted by Dylan H. Pierce. Uh, it's a Fire Emblem quit, uh, crit quotes game. Excuse me. Uh, the game shows four characters and their art and a, and a crit uh, quote. The answer is on the same slide. So in order to not totally ruin the game, put it put it in presentation mode. Um, so yeah, these are from the last four Fire Emblem games, with the ones with voice acting. So let me go ahead and bring this so up. So bad at this. I'm, I'm so screwed. I <laughs> oh, am I, so I, screwed. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Presentation mode. Uh, okay, because he actually did make a... Ah, oh, here we go. Pre- present. All right. Uh-huh. All right. Have everyone that is playing load this presentation and play it in presentation mode. The link will work for everyone. Each slide will have a character's crit quote and four possible uh, characters that set it. As these are voice clips, it will only be characters from Awakening, Fates, Shadows of Valentia, and Three Houses. If you aren't super into Fire Emblem, don't worry. I will be showing portraits for the character as well. Uh, so you can look at the art and make your best guess. With the exception of a few obvious famous quotes, they're all pretty selective that even I would they're all pretty selective that even I wouldn't have known them. That's why everyone needs to load the presentation. Everyone will also have access to the answers, so it'll it'll, it'll rely on the honor system. Each slider will show the critical quote and four answers along with the character's portrait. Uh, after everyone has put in their answers, click to show the answer. One point for each correct answer. There are 20 quotes, so that should be more than enough for your 10-minute time slot. Uh, so just stop whenever time runs out. All right. All right. All right. And keep in mind that these quotes are essentially what the characters say before they brutally murder someone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. First up, pick a god and pray. Is it Frederick, Sedith, Ryoma, or Silk? I can this sounds see like it Final being... Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> yeah. it totally sounds like FF Tactics. I can see it being Frederick or Sedith. Um, I feel like Sedith would sound like, like, pick a god and pray or something, but I think Frederick is probably the one for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was going to go with Frederick. Uh, to be fair, I don't know who two of these characters are, Seteth and Silk. I don't know who they are. So, mm-hmm. I, And I don't think Ryoma would say this, so I'm going to go with Frederick. You guys are right. It's, it's uh, Frederick, because that is just nice. the most famous of these battle quotes, because it's also really uh-huh. badass. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right. One of us has to die. Is it Linhart, Sakura, Dorothea, or Pan? Hmm, looking at the expression on these portraits, Dorothea strikes me as someone who might say this. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Hmm. I could see Linhart saying that, though. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Maybe? 
Hmm. You know, I, I, but I'm going, I'm going to go with you, John. I actually think Dorothea, I'm, I, I, yeah, I think so. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's Linhard. So let's see. All right. Nope. You guys were right. It's Dorothea. Oh, nice. How? Wow. I figured you'd be getting most of these. Yeah. I, I, not always had the best memory, <laughs> which is sad because I had both these in my uh, thing. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it, yeah. Anyway. Number three, war is heck. <laughs> is it Mozu, Karagi, Morgan, or Flane? Mm. I am completely, mm. I'll, I'll say this right now, I have no idea. <laughs> All right. I mean, it, it seems like something one of the kids might say, but uh-huh. Flane, I don't know. Something strikes me about her um, being able to say this, though. <laughs> so I'll go with Flane. Um. I'm going to go with Karagi for no particular reason in general. Yeah, I'm just looking at the portrait. I'm going to go with Karagi as well. That's just the one I was All thinking. All right. It is Karagi. Oh, nice. nice. There you go. All right. All right. Number four. I do not like you. <laughs> is it uh, Jenny, <laughs> Olivia, Lissa, or Faye? Jenny has those eyes. Those I, I do not like you eyes. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm going to go with Jenny as well. I could see Lissa saying something like that, but maybe not quite. I'm torn between I think Olivia and Jenny. Uh, Jenny, I'll all go. Right, Jenny. We're all saying Jenny. Or Jenny. Yeah. It is Jenny. Well, nice. nice. Yeah. Wow, we're doing pretty well so far. Yeah, no kidding. Number five, you will suffer. Is it <laughs> Takumi, Hubert, Gangrel, or Jetta? I feel like the the last two just look like characters that would laugh the entire time. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hubert, though, I think he would say this. Hmm. I think any any of the the, uh, the yeah, th- this is pretty hard. Is. All four of them seem pretty likely. <laughs> yeah, I could see Takumi saying it too. That's tough. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go. I'm with gonna go Jetta. with Hubert. Okay, right. you guys are going Hubert. I'm going Jetta. All right. All right. Yeah. It is Jetta. Oh, nice. Nice. Yep. Very nice. All right. Number six. To the abyss with you. Is it Validar, Noir, Est, or Tharja? Oh, man. Man. I am like. I'm split between, between Validar two. Validar and Tharja. Yeah, yeah, same. I can't. It's definitely not Est. Definitely that is definitely not the sort of person no. I would say that. <laughs> no. I don't think it's Noir. Uh, yeah, Maybe? I'm not getting that vibe. I, I, this is my weakness for not having played. I played through all of Awakening is showing. <laughs> I'm gonna go Tharja, I think, for this. I'm gonna go Validar. For some reason, I'm feeling. Yeah, I'm feeling Validar. I'm gonna go with him. All right. <laughs> it's noir. Really? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I'm not getting that vibe. No, Imagine we found out it was Est. Yeah, that'd be even better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, number seven. Ooh, pinata. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Is it Gray, Caspar, Os- Osagi, or Henry? Uh, I don't know any of these characters. Off, I was thrown off by the last one. So for this one, I'm going to go with the character who doesn't seem like they would say this and say Asugi. I'm going to say Gray. God. Yeah, I think I'm going to say Gray. Okay. It's Osagi. John Garrison. Nice. <laughs> nice. 
Well, I guess I should I should mention this then. That brings us up to four each after seven questions. Ooh, oh, we wow. are tied at four each. Not bad. Yeah. All right. Number eight. My blood compels me. Is it Marianne, Crom, Celica, or Lorenz? I I played through um Fire Emblem Echoes. I can't remember Celica saying anything like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think Crom would say this either. Yeah. So the I problem can, is I, I didn't play with either Marianne or Lorenz, so I'm not sure which it would be. <laughs> Lorenz mm. seems like that kind of you know aristocratic kind of you know my blood is super special type guy, just <laughs> like, smarmy <laughs> face. So I'm gonna go with Lorenz uh, just because he seems like kind of smarmy. He definitely seems like someone who talk about blood a lot. I mean, yeah. he, he has a little rose on him mm-hmm. too. So. Exactly. I'll, yeah, I'll agree with that. I'm gonna try Marianne. All right. All right. It's Marianne. Nice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> sorry for leading you astray, John. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, number nine. You were a fine subject. Hahnemann, Rudolph, Laurent, Laurent, or Walhart. That's got to mm. be A or C, right? Yeah. Is it, this is like a scientist type, you know, like you Hojo, mad subject. scientist type character. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say like. L- Laurent? I'm going to say Yeah, Hahnemann. Laurent seems like, yeah, it's one of those two. I'm going to go with Laurent, though, or Laurent. Yeah, I'm going to go with Hahnemann. It is Laurent. Yes. Ah. I can't, I can't right, exactly remember him five. saying it, but I know he's very much a scientist. So, so we are tied at five now. Wow. This is getting pretty intense. Well, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. All right, next up is Sorry, Not Sorry. Is it Tatiana, Maribel, Elise, or Delthea. Delthea's God. character portrait looks like she's saying this exact. <laughs> it really does. All of these could. I, I feel like Elise also could be this. Yeah. I'm sticking with uh, with. Is it, is it Del- Delthea. Delthea? Yeah. Hmm. I could also see Tatiana saying that too, though. Mm-hmm. Man. You know what? For some reason, I'm just for some reason I'm feeling Tatiana. So let's go with her. I'm going to go with Delthea. That was my gut feeling. Okay. It is Delthea. Ah, nice. no. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeehaw. <laughs> is it Raphael, Noma, Leo, or Donald? It's uh, not Leo. <laughs> it's definitely not Leo. Definitely not Leo. <laughs> I don't think it's Noma. No, I cannot say it no. being Noma. It's got to be Raphael or Donald. Uh, I'm gonna say Donald. I think. Yeah, because so he's like a bumpkin, right? Yeah, he's a bump. He's a country bumpkin that's uh, slow to start, but when if you can get him powered up, he is amazing. But Raphael also just looks like you would say Yeehaw. I can't say so, why. <laughs> he this just is does. The, this is their murder quote, right? This is when they yeah, kill someone. Yeah. They go Yeehaw. Yeah. You know, and that yeah, that's a good point. And that in that context, I'm gonna go with Raphael because Donald doesn't seem like he would delight. In killing people, necessarily. Mm, I guess we'll see. Raphael looks know. like he's mildly psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're right. Oh, All right. He just I'm looks with you. crazy. Yeah, I'm sticking with you then, Raphael. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my gut, which is, which is Donald. <laughs> okay, right. and it is Donald. Uh-huh. <laughs> see, I've led you astray twice now. Keep doing All it, right. Ash. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, now I'm losing all of a sudden. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Number 12. You are so last season. Oboro, Cynthia, Hanoka, or Ingrid? Uh, Oboro stands out to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could see it being Oboro or Ingrid, maybe. Possibly. I don't even mm-hmm. know. Cynth- I don't even know who Cynthia is. I don't think Hinoka would ever say that. Yeah, Hinoka definitely doesn't seem like the type to say that. No. Man, I don't know for this one. Hmm. No, probably not Ingrid. So it's probably either Obero or Cynthia. I'm going to go with Cynthia. I don't think Obero would say that, but I also don't know the character that well. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with Cynthia. Mm-hmm. You're going with Obero, John? Yeah, I think just, just the stance kind of looks like she might say that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Cynthia. It is Obero. <laughs> wow! Oh man, I, Oboro, this just, is so bad. I didn't, I didn't play Birthright, so I didn't really experience Oboro. So I didn't really think she was a fashion person. Looking at Cynthia, I was like, oh, she's totally like a fashionista. <laughs> uh-huh. That's wow! I, I have just so now you guys are tied at seven, and I'm at five. I have just my my Ooh, performance oof. has taken a nosedive. Yeah, I think there's still a chance for you to equalize, right? Yeah, there's, there's twenty questions. questions. So oh, 20. okay, yeah. All right, number thirteen. Don't push me. Is it Cliff, Alm, Xander, or Corin? This could be any of them. It could be. Mm. I don't think. I don't think Corin would say that necessarily. I, I feel like Xander might. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, Alm probably isn't the answer either. No, and I don't know who Cliff is. Hmm. Yeah, yeah I'll stick with I, Xander. Uh... Ah, yeah. I guess I'll go with Xander. For some reason, Cliff is calling out to me. Yeah, I I really can't decide. Uh, It is Cliff. Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) I can't get any right all of a sudden. Uh, (laughs) He did say some of these later ones are like, even he uh, would have trouble picking out, so. Alright, let me paint you a picture. Is it May, Rickon, Ignatz, or Tobin? Who, Half of who, these portraits look who? like they are painting a picture. Like, Tobin yeah. looks like he's holding something. Yeah. He does. And Rickon kind of looks like he might be holding something, too. Yeah, kinda? book. Like a little notebook or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm split between oh, two of them. Hmm. I just... It could be any... I mean, it could be Rickon, Ignatz, or Tobin to me. I don't think it's May. Mm-hmm. I'm doubling down on Tobin. Jeez. Oh, I guess I'll go with Rickon. Then I guess I'll go with Ignatz. All right. And it's Ignatz. Ah, <laughs> I I didn't have him on my team, but I know he. I know from the t- uh, talking with him, he liked pictures. But I was also like, I don't know if he actually says that in combat. It could be a Tobin thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Number fifteen. The pain will pass. Is it Vike Geralt? Kaze or Clive? Geralt screams mm-hmm. to me immediately, just with the look on his face. Mm-hmm. For some reason, but, I f- almost feel like I remember Kaze actually saying this when I played Fire Emblem Fates. But I mean, that's just, I don't know that for sure at all. I was going to say Kaze does kind of, like, I think that would be a good second option for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Kaze. 
Also, because he's the only one I recognize of these. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Gerald. Yeah, I think I will too. All right. It is Kaze. Yay! Thank gosh. <laughs> Finally. Redemption. I was like, oh, damn it. It's going to be Gerald. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's see. After 15 questions, then, Derek, you are killing it with nine. Uh, John, you are uh, second with seven, and then I'm bringing up the rear with six. Okay. All right. Number 16. Pray this ends quick. Is it Bowie, Rinka, Libra, or Lucas? I have no idea on this one. I'll say that right now. Uh, Libra, Libra or Lucas? Out to me. Both stand out to me. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it'd be Rinka. Bowie doesn't look like you would say that. No. I'm going to go I'll with Libra. I'll go with Lucas. I'm feeling Libra. Did you say uh, yours, Ash? Oh, I said uh, Libra. As yeah, well. you said it at the same time as uh, John, so it's hard to hear. Oh, okay. Oh. Right. <laughs> it is Lucas. Oh, nice. <laughs> nicely done. Doesn't yep. help me at all, but nicely done. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're irrelevant. Is it Shersh, Lysithia, Duma, or Edelgard? All of the above. All, all of them could say that. I this. know. What a dickhead thing to say, too. Not not only am I going to kill you, you're irrelevant before <laughs> I kill you. Oh, man, I don't... I'm split between Lysithia and Duma. I'm thinking Duma. I'm thinking... Hmm, I'm thinking Duma. I'm going to go with Duma. I'm going to agree with you guys and go with Duma. All right. All right, tripling down. Dang it, I should have went with my other gut, Lysithia. Oh. <laughs> All right, uh, well, we're getting close to, well, nearing the end yeah, now. Only, only three a couple left. More questions left. Only yeah. three left. All right, I will eradicate you. Annette, Luthier, uh, Muriel, or Saber. This is so generic, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I can't see Annette saying this. Either to me, it's it's probably either Luthier or Muriel. Luthier mm-hmm. definitely stands out to me. Me too. I think I'm mm. doing Luthier. Yeah. For some reason, Saber is calling out to me. All right. So it is Luthier. Ah. Nice. All right. Again, Number nineteen not that it really helps me that much, but. All right. Number nineteen. The jigging is up. Is it Gregor, Petra, Dean, or Priam? I feel like Petra for this one. Hmm. I guess either, hmm, yeah, none of them really stand out to me, but I guess for me it's either Petra or Dean. Hmm. I'm going to go with Dean. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Petra. And it's... What the? It's Gregor. What? <laughs> That's weird. I was not expecting that. I was like, I don't remember her saying this, but this is totally the way Petra speaks. <laughs> and that, <laughs> wow, funny. that was a trick question. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, last question. What's the, what's our, uh... Oh, uh, so you guys, both of you are in the lead tied at nine and oh, I'm God. bringing up the rear with seven. So I'm out anyway. Yeah. See if we can... Uh, reach the uh, halfway point, or uh, you know, reach fifty percent <laughs> correct. Yeah, right. All right. Wait for me in hell, buddy. Note: This is a kill quote, not a crit quote. Is it Python, 
Azuma, Jesse, or Basilio? Jesse, I mean, stand out to me immediately as somebody who would say Same. this. Same. Yeah. Absolutely. He does, but for some reason, Azuma is also sticking out to me. Okay, uh, okay. I'm sticking with Jesse. Yeah, me too. All right, just so we can have an actual winner between John and I, I'm going to go with uh, Azuma. Is there, is there a tiebreaker? No, there's no tiebreaker. No, okay, okay. All right. I'm going with Azuma, uh, John's going with Jesse, and so is Ash. It's, mm. It is... John wins. It's Jesse. Well, I guess I guess nice. I'm the true Fire Emblem fan of this channel. Apparently, <laughs> all right, you get the review yeah, the next so. game. <laughs> but we, we none of us did bad. I, I feel like I somewhat redeemed myself. So, John, you of course won with ten. Derek, you had nine, and I I did okay with eight. So no, it's a close game. Not yeah. bad. All right. Well, <laughs> after all that, I think that takes care of it for episode 165 of the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. Thank you so much for listening each and every week. And be sure to join us next week for episode 166. If you're enjoying these, uh, you can support us over on Patreon. It's just $1 a month to get these uh, three days early every Friday, as well as being able to offer up topics and games like this, as well as access to our VIP room in our Discord. So with all that said, see you next time. Bye.